You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Half hour. Hello and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. We're here to bring you all the latest conversations on the shows, concerts, and events that we see and observe throughout our careers. We would like to warn you now that this conversation will feature spoilers, so please check out the content that we are uh, discussing here today before moving on with our podcast episode. You have been warned. (laughs) <laughs> Today, we are talking about the latest Broadway play that is just the buzz of the town. Lots of really, really great discussions about this play going on these last few weeks since it opened. And it's called POTUS, or Behind Every Great Dumbass Are Seven Women Trying to Keep Him Alive, <laughs> by Selena Fillinger. This was directed by the great Broadway director Susan Stroman. We'll talk about her in a second because I love her work. <laughs> this starred Lily Cooper, Leah Delaria, Rachel Dratch, Julianne Huff, Susie Nakamura, Julie White, and Vanessa Williams. Mm-hmm. At the Sam S. Schubert Theater in New York City. So make sure you're checking that out live on stage before listening further with our podcast episode. And if you're not going to see it, listen to our podcast. Yeah, listen to it anyway. (laughs) POTUS, as most of you may already know, stands for President of the United States. Oh my God, I did not know that. Oh my gosh, I'm sure you knew that. (laughs) And when they reference FLOTUS throughout the show too, First Lady of the United States. Really? You know, I just had to say it. You know, I just had to say it. Um, What are your... Thoughts, just your general thoughts on this play, this brand new play on Broadway. I think that this was a really fun, laugh out loud, comedy farce play. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing more really immediately to say on it that it was just a really fun thing to see on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. what about for you? I think so too. I mean, there's a lot from the, from the, from the surface, it's really funny. It's mm-hmm. a farce. There's a lot going on. When you dive into some of the things that are happening, it can get a little like, oh, wow, this is actually some stuff we should talk about, you know, uh, right. and some deeper things. But from a, just an overall general standpoint, what a great comedy. Yeah. I mean, what hilarious, hilarious performances by these seven women. Right. I mean, all seven women are giving career moments here. I really think like they're all reaching a next level in their performance. And I'm sure it's not for everyone this play, but I think a lot of the audience had a really great time yeah. seeing this. Yeah. Um, you know? And, you know, you look at it, at, you know, so Selena Fillinger, brand new playwright on the scene, or she, at least for Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a play directed by a woman, written by a woman, starring women. Uh, what a wonderful piece mm-hmm. for that. 
And it's cool when you see this and you're like, okay, it, to me, I look at it and I say, is this a good play? Yeah, it's a good play. Do the seven performances by the women make it a better play? Yes. Yeah. I think that it really comes down to the women in the piece. And I wonder if this was a play done with no-name actors or actresses or just a complete new set of actors, if, if this would be the same. For example, if a community theater, a regional theater, or a professional theater anywhere did this with no SNL stars and TV stars and singers and dancers and famous people, would it – that's one of my questions I have here. Would this be the same of factor of comedy and – in the piece than, than the seven women playing it? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. That's, a, that's a tough question because I feel like – that's kind of uh, discrediting the piece a little bit by saying it's only good because of the characters that were cast right. in the show. So I think, you know, that's to say, like, no one else is funny almost. Right. I know because I've seen people say this, too. Like, oh, it, it's it's really not a perfect show, but, like, the actors are really great mm. in the show. So I think they're making the piece. But, like... I think other people can make it a good piece, too. Sure. You know? Sure. That's why I just poised the question, because I've heard a lot of people say that. I think it's a great play on its own. But I, but I think the women really do make it. Really well, yeah. I mean, too. this is a show that needs perfect comedic timing. Yeah, yeah. So when you have really great comedy actors up on that stage, right. and they're delivering, then, yeah, it's right. really making this a great piece. Because uh, uh, speaking of the style of the show in itself... Yeah, it's like we're watching one really long SNL skit. Yes. And you need comedy actors in this show right. to deliver right. those lines with that perfect comedic timing. I mean, let's talk about Rachel Dredge right well, there. And, <laughs> and, and before we go into the specifics, I would like to yeah, let the audience know that uh, we have three Tony nominations for this. One is for Rachel Dredge for Best Performance by an Actress in a Featured Role in a Play. The other being Julie White, Best Performance by an Actress in a Featured Role in a Play. And the third Tony nomination is Best Scenic Design of a Play for, for Beowulf Borat. Beowulf Borat is the scenic designer, mm -hmm. which we'll talk about that in a second, too. Yes. But yes, let's go to Rachel Dratch. Here is someone who starred in SNL and yes. everything she did. And then we haven't seen or heard from her in a while. She's making cameo appearances here and there and different things. She's done off-Broadway before, I think. I think this is her Broadway debut. Um, I, it's... It when you are craving someone to be on stage, and every time they make an entrance, you're just so excited. That's when you know you have a really, really good performance. Yeah, you know? and she was such a scene stealer throughout the whole piece, yeah. which I completely understand why she's nominated. Yes, was it a little bit of like her Debbie Downer uh, sure. character yeah. from SNL? <laughs> yes, but I think that's what made it so interesting because people love that character and yeah. to see it live on stage yeah, it was and, cool. and to see her do something so well, it was just perfect yeah. in that sense. She really brought the comedy and, and there were, there were um, in the writing of her character, there was um divide, you know, playwright tools, I guess we can call them like, Oh, one character accidentally takes a drug or, and now has to act a certain way. There was, that's yeah. like a, I'm not saying that's, you know, common, but it's like a good tool that a playwright could use. Like, why don't we make the comic relief character, like, go off the deep end for half the show? And I think that totally worked yeah. for that character and that performance. And that, it's interesting that you say that now because I feel like a lot of the characters were given something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, when, when it's Juliana Hoff's character is pregnant and she has morning sickness, like throughout the whole play or, and she's just throwing up the whole time. You know, that's something that she was given to like like, own. Right. They all had something where they could like own their, their moment. Right. And, and, and. And then I liked the group scenes when they were all together working off each other. You have such different energies of people. I think that's what's really astonishing is when you put really good performers together and they're all playing different energy. Who's the low? Who's the high? Who's the loud? Who's the soft? Who's the front and center? Who's the scene? There were moments where I would look back at Rachel Dratch and I'm like, do you see what she's doing back there? Like, yeah. Stealing a scene without stealing a scene. That's really great. She's walking the perimeter of these rooms and then she's in her own world for like literally half the play. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she totally got it. Well, I wonder what that is. And this might be a question that you can answer better than I, but when it comes to a director, how much of that is coming from the director and how much is that coming from the actual seasoned actor being up on stage? A lot of times it depends on that. Um, from my opinion, from my experience, the director and actor relationship. Mm-hmm. So if someone like Susan Stroman is just trusting Rachel Dratch with this, she might be saying like, just your, create your own timeline of this pill kicking in and what that's doing to you. Mm-hmm. And knowing that in benchmark play, parts in the play, you have to hit this line at this moment. You have to be this crazy by this moment and, and develop your own gauge mm-hmm. of that. Someone like Rachel Dratch could just say, got it and run with it. Right. Or could Rachel Judge be like, okay, is it a, if a, can I, she might be taking artistic uh, liberties and then the director can go from there. Like she might like, can I sit on the floor here? Can I do this back here? You know, mm-hmm. it's definitely a working relationship between the actor and the director, but I'm sure a lot of that is both of them because mm-hmm. they're both really seasoned crafts people in their work. And right? how much do you think of that was actually happening throughout this whole piece? Like we saw so many things happening like if you if you pinpoint a certain actor they would be like over here doing something and like what would you think do you think oh okay that that's definitely a director choice or no that's really an actor choice it like i said probably both but i i want to lean more towards susan stroman crafting these scenes and 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 another thing i will say from a playwright's perspective too there was many short scenes Mm -hmm. that is how snl runs that's how these like quick, short, 20, 30 minute comedies like Schitt's Creek run. Yeah. They're quick, modern family, they're quick. So the audience, the modern day audience wants quick vignette style scenes. So I think from a director standpoint, she got those scenes moving and she probably gave them sit here, do this, this is the purpose of the scene, and then let the actors probably run free with it. I'm and sure it, a lot of that was the actors. And that was so thought out too, because uh, we'll get in, I think, to the set now uh, yeah. after this, but like, this set revolved around that whole stage continuously. Yeah. Like it, to like, go like from a- scene to scene were happening. But one thing I wanted to point out is those actors never stopped acting while that, that floor was. No, they changing. were in the moment until you did not see them anymore. Yes. yes that was, and they had to keep acting through the scene while they're moving. And then you get, you probably get off the turntable and you're like, what wing am I in right now? <laughs> yeah. Like I would, I was wondering that. I was like, do they, I mean, they've been doing it now for a month. You know, they're probably used to it eight times a week, but it makes you realize. And then this, the stage kept rotating. I'm like, oh, they're changing. If, if there are three or four quadrants in this circle, they are changing walls within the quadrants. Cause we had many more than three locations. It would, it would, it would just keep moving. I was like, oh, there's stuff going on back there with crew and, and, and then they have to be preset yeah. in the right room to appear. I bet you it was – okay, so Well, I wonder the, how many uh, – unless 
I'm trying to think back now. Were there only four rooms? Well, there was – no, no, no. Well, I think we had the press secretary's office. We had the first lady's office. We had that room with the gun in it, the, the two chairs yeah. that they sat in. There was the bathroom. So that's four alone. And the hallway. And then there was the hallway. So five. So unless that circle was divided into five, I think it was only divided into three. And they just changed walls in there. I don't know. I would be cool to see it with the stage lights on, you know, backstage. But yeah, also, because it makes me think of like Carousel Progress at yeah, Disney World. Yeah. Like, is it a one big turntable? Yeah. That. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting, right? Now, now I'm I mean, stumped it because totally I just totally makes sense that it's a Tony-nominated scenic design for sure. Also, there's a lot of like noises off vibes yeah. here with like doors. Yeah. They always say noises off. The doors is the doors are the character. Another character. The mm-hmm. set is another character. This set was the eighth character, like oh, for sure. And they were like living, breathing in the set. Mm-hmm. And that set was moving. And then at the end, when there was that concert or that performance, that was a cool change of pay- of locale. Gave us a more of a proscenium. But could you have done this play like Noises Off with different rooms and hallways and looking all over up a second level? Sure, you could have. But it totally made sense. I loved the forced perspective of the diagonal mm-hmm. design. So they looked bigger in the room. I thought that was great. Um, I thought I was really, really, really impressed with the scenic design. Yeah, yeah I thought it was quite lovely. Yeah, um, for sure. Also, let's talk about the third Tony-nominated performance, Julie White. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything before. I know she's won Tony Awards. I believe she's been Tony-nominated multiple times. That is quite an actress. Mm -hmm. A really great role and commanding. I always wanted her to be back on stage, too. Her comedy was great, but her sad moments were great, too. And if there was any character I felt sympathy with, it was definitely hers. It was someone who was trying to look apart be a part, feel a part, and yet people were either telling her you're going to be replaced or stop taking this too seriously or why do you look like you have a boy's haircut or whatever, you know, and and the struggles of being this powerful woman in an office, Hmm. I was just, and at the end when she was going to give the speech, you know, and they're like, you should do it, you wrote it. You know, I know there's a lot of powerful women in politics that probably can relate to someone like that character. Of course. And I think that's what's interesting about this plot in general mm-hmm. f- surrounding each character. And what does it mean? I mean, I, I, I understand this show as being kind of like a mockery of the whole political system and every kind of character in there. Because it's not just focused on one president or one presidency and who was in his cabinet at the time, etc. This was multiple. And I think you could pick each character and say okay that's a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this person a little bit of that person but for me if we go into serious town on this it's like i think there is a bigger message here Mm -hmm. for what we're seeing and it's like for women in this space how hard do they fight to get to the top yeah or do they need to be more of like just themselves and not have to be something that they're not. Does that make sense? Sure. There's that line at the end of the piece, too, where they say, what is he or what are they so afraid of? Yeah. And the women say, us. Right. And that's a moment at the end of the play where you're like, you know. Right. But we go into this moment where they, they say this a lot, that women are the first ones to kind of fight with each other to get somewhere. Yeah. When instead they could all just bond together and get there as a group get to the top as a group and i think there might be that message there like why are we doing all of this stuff for the man right when we should be doing it for ourselves 
Right. Um, along with the personal things, like someone like Lily Cooper's character was dealing with, with the separation from the husband, the breastfeeding, all the personal things that they were dealing with in their life on top of these jobs that they were trying to hold, too. Yeah, but she even had a, a moment in the show where she she wanted to t- find the story to take them down, to get yeah. to the top. Yeah. When instead... She probably was realizing, no, I should be, you know, building up the first lady. Mm-hmm. I should be doing a good story on the first lady, not try to tear her down. Or I shouldn't be bringing down the sister of the president. Right. Why are we not bringing the president down? And and when you look at it, in the beginning, you think, oh, this is farcical of the Trump administration, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to just really talk about Trump and Melania and the, and the family and the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. So you look at it, you're like, okay, sure, that's maybe this on the surface. When you look at it, though, there is also this really brilliant way of right the, the way this play was written, where you're like, oh, this, um, there's actually like a lot of scandals here, and they're talking about a lot of presidencies here. The one that seems to be the most ah uh, in terms of like recent and in our face and everything dramatic lately, but like. You can't tell me that there's not references to other presidents and other first ladies and other powerful people over the last 30, 40, 50 years. Of here. course. And I think that's how we consume the show. I mean, we can easily say, like, there's moments of Michelle Obama up on that stage. There's moments of Hillary Clinton up on the sure. stage. Then I think there's even moments of, like, Monica Lewinsky on that yeah, stage where yeah. people, they just, they love to take down the women first. Yeah. And I think there's so much of that in this show of saying, like, why do we do that? Yeah. Um, the first lady seemed to incorporate a lot of first ladies in a way, right? Yeah. And, uh, and Vanessa Williams, I know she's not Tony nominated, but I think she was great. Yeah. I think she's really great in everything she does. She really commands the state. I lo- first of all, I loved her outfits. Right. I thought she looked great. They all looked great. But I thought she was really, really um, impressive as the first lady. Of course. And that's why, uh, like what you're saying too, I, I, she was great. But also like, the first lady's like kind of mockery thing was here is like how it's always about what the f- first lady is wearing. Right. And, what and, pants shoes is she right. wearing? What is her hairstyle? Right. What shoe is she wearing? Right. And I think there's so much comedy in that itself. Like, why do we do Well, that? because it's Jackie O. Well, yeah. And then it went, even Melania Trump, there was a sense of what is she wearing and how is she wearing it. Right. right? There's always a lot of that. But that ties into Julie White's character as well. Yeah. Because they immediately go to her appearance. Why do you look like a man? Why do you have a haircut like this? Why do you? But Hillary Clinton was a prime example. We we were talking about this when we left the play. Hillary Clinton has held so many powerful roles in her career that sometimes we forget, oh, yeah, she was a first lady. Like, and she's been senator. And she's been secretary of state. She's been all the – and – the first female presidential nominee in United States history, right? So all these other amazing things that we forget, like, oh, yeah, she was a first lady. And, yeah, there was this, like, 90s, like, pantsuit, short hair look that she had, right? And we always remember these women by, like, their look. And that's so sad because even within the play, these women were to each other. Saying, look, oh, you look like you just you just said, look at your hair, look at what you're wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, Instead I, you of know. it being that she had just written the president's speech. Right. Right. That's right. what's mo- most mind blowing yeah. to me. It's like, okay, she's doing all of these things for the president. And what did he do for himself? He went and got a BJ yeah. from some girl in the Midwest and got her pregnant. Right. Right. So maybe it was more than a BJ. <laughs> but, you know, it was. But there was even more things there, like in the storyline, like he has something wrong with his uh, something on his oh, butt. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was the whole thing. <laughs> and, there was the the crest. The humor. whole, but it's like 
the whole team is trying to cover it up so that he still looks good. Right, right. And <laughs> it's amazing to me when you look at these seven women, I was really, really impressed with how there was a diversity among the women. There was age diversity. There was um, sexual orientation diversity. There was race diversity. There was all these different um, types of women running. And it really showed, yeah, all women from all walks of this country are running that White House. Mm -hmm. Women have always been running that White House. Mm -hmm. um, and and maybe long, long, long ago, it was just the first lady. Like when, when you look back at the presidency, you say, who was one of, unless you were working in the White House, as a anybody really, you mm -hmm. had the first lady or the daughter of a of a president. Mm -hmm. Then, when you had the first press secretary female, the first, you know, all these people coming in. Now, you look at the White House, like the whole White House is like even in the Biden presidency right now. There's so many women running mm -hmm. that White House. So, it was really, really great commentary on that. I I was just very impressed with how all of the characters really worked so well together. Of course, you know, I mean, it was great. Do you think? Um we should see more shows like this in the style of this. Yeah, I do like the not style meaning of just this. Like the, not just like a president show or politics shows, but like a farce. Like these comedy things that uh, are mocking certain things that are happening in today's well, society. Well, farce, or if you look at the history of farce comedy, mm -hmm. it's always been uh, a sense of lots going on. Mm -hmm. When you have a play with a lot of action and a lot of that causes a lot of humor and mishaps and mistakes and wrong people in the wrong place at the wrong time. I just think when you look at something like You Can't Take It With You, one of the original farces from long ago, was that a safer version? Yeah. So now we're seeing far it noises off that moves into more. And then you come to something like this, you're like, oh, so here's a play that's the same. I what I appreciate the most is the style of farce with the R-rated lingo and references and verbiage. Mm -hmm. There was a sense of like, oh, we're not going to be afraid to use some of these words on a live Broadway stage eight times a week. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. But keeping the element of farce, mm -hmm. sometimes comedies can go, if they sit too long, I think from a comedy perspective, if you're sitting too long in the same room with the same, when I think farces work when doors are slamming and people are coming in and out and people are running around and then there's someone in the aisle and then the scenery changes and the music and you're like, whoa, I'm on a roller coaster right now and you don't know what's coming next. When that statue was thrown oh, yeah. in a very cool special effect and he was laying there and I was like, that is so great. Yeah. Like there that is, is so great. Yeah, I mean, there was... A ton of go a ton of things going on, and, and it's actually something like it's almost like each character is in their own show and world. Yeah, which which could sometimes not work, and it totally worked here. Yeah, know? maybe not saying its own show, but like they're in their own world in a sense that like sometimes when you see a stray player or something, like the actor just sometimes the actors just stop. And they don't do anything mm. or they watch a monologue yeah. happen or something like right. this. In this sense, it's every actor is continuing to go and go and go. Right. Like there's a scene happening on stage. And like you said, Rachel Dratch's character is starting to run down the aisle and she's right. in her own world, but it works. Right. And everyone else is like in their own world. It's like time never stops. Right. Time just keeps going. Right. And the show just kept going. And we got to intermission. I was like, we're on intermission. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that was fast. 
And then and, and I, a lot of that I have to give to Susan Stroman. Yeah. Because that is a that is you directing these people in this moving space. I mean, I'm just going to read this right now. Susan Stroman's Broadway credits. Are you ready? <laughs> the producers contact the Scott Sprobers, Crazy for You, Showboat, Prince of Broadway, Bullets Over Broadway, Big Fish, Oklahoma, Young Frankenstein, Thou Shall Not, The Music Man, The Frogs, Big, Still Pure. Yeah. That's not even her off-Broadway. I mean, here's someone who was clearly chosen to take this new play and bring it to and bring the right people into the right room. That's a that's a director right there. I it, mean, <laughs> can, can we talk about this playbill for a second too? Because I don't know if you've noted this noticed this, but the bios in this playbill are hysterical. Oh yeah, they were kind of comic. Some of them were comically <laughs> written, right? I yes. think they all were. Yeah, they all were. I mean, well, they're putting their credits in for sure. They're putting their credits, but I've never seen like Leah Delaria was the first openly gay comic on television in America and is an accomplished jazz performer who has performed in concert venues all over the world. She is best known for Big Boo and Orange is the New Black. I mean, those are true things, but it's funny the way she's written them there. Right, sure. We never really see. Bios are so, like, stern and, like, yeah, yeah, these yeah. are my credits. But it's, and, but it's they're all wonderful things about her, though. I mean, Susie's uh, bio, Susie is from Chicago. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And that's cool. Maybe funny. she's trying to say I'm not a New York-based actress, no, you know? But, but yeah. I just love that they took it and mm. they were like, you know what? We can even turn our bios into comedy here because why are we so serious all the time, mm. you know? Yeah, I mean, and and we need more comedies like this, I yes, think. I, I love. Listen, I love seeing a classic I, – I know some people might disagree. I love seeing a serious classic play – Brought on stage. When you're seeing things on Broadway right now, like Macbeth and some of these, you know, when we saw Long Day's Journey into Night a few years ago, some of these prolific pieces, of course. But it really just goes to show that there's a room for everything on Broadway, including things like this. And what a time to bring this to Broadway after this pandemic and bringing something like this to say, let's just make fun of all these things that have been going on in the world now. And and isn't it interesting that this play was written and then in previews and being performed before the leaked Roe v. Wade and now – when that line is spoken, I believe by Julianne Huff, when she says, I believe in equal rights for all women making their choices or something like that, you know, yeah. she, and, and the applause the audience gave, you know, for her and saying that, you know, that, and she almost can, has to kind of wait for that applause to stop, you mm-hmm. know, really, really. And she was great. You know, I've never seen her live, and I think she was great, and that she was funny, and she danced and sang a little bit at the end, which I thought was yeah. great. That number that they do, yeah, I thought she was. Yeah, fun. they were all great. Lily Cooper, Susie Nakamura was great. She was so. And Leah Delaria was hilarious. I just, I they all really, really, really brought their A game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could all actually almost see all any three of these people winning at the Tony Award in a way. I know Rachel Drouch and Julie Wright are in the same category, mm-hmm. but I really could kind of see it, you know, and I could really see Bear Wolf Bullard winning scenic design of a play for that too. So. For sure. Uh, oh, it's time. We got to wrap it up. All right. I know that flew by. They always do. They always All right. Fly. Your uh, roundup. Let's hear the roundup. Roundup. I would say that if you enjoy a nice comedy piece, if you enjoy some SNL humor, and if you just want to, you know, go have a fun Friday night, Thursday night, Wednesday night, whatever it is, go and see this show. I mean, it's really fun. There's many messages in here. I know there's a lot of comedy in it, so sometimes it, you know, 
teeters the line of is it too far or not too far enough but uh yeah i i think it's great you know and i applaud many of the cast members and i applaud the whole team because i didn't know what to expect mm, with this show mm. i think that's one of those things i didn't know what to expect with it i mean from the cover and the logo itself i was like all right it, it's definitely about women in the white house but yeah it was definitely one of those things where i was like oh this was fun I will say it's great when you see brand new, fresh writing from a new playwright, Selena Fillinger, and Broadway producers taking a risk. Could this have worked in a 200-seat small off-Broadway blockbuster? Sure. Mm -hmm. But this was a risk to take to put this on Broadway, and what a wonderful risk this was. What trust was put into all these women to make this happen. We need Broadway to be investing in more things like this. And I will say one more thing about this. When you see the crazy, horrific, sad, wild world that we're in and have been in for a few years, how smart is it for someone to say, I'm going to write a play about that, and I'm not going to hold back, and I'm going to make it live performed on Broadway eight times a week? Yeah. That's bold. That's brave. That's really, really brave. And you're putting your name on it, and good for you. And yeah. I think we need to see more things like that. I really do. I was very impressed. Right, because this is how she might be feeling as a playwright. She yeah. might look up at things and say... Is that really happening right now? Like or, real things in, in in real life, but like I'm. This is a joke that this is. But even it's happening. giving the voice to the people. These seven women have all been given voices. People who are working in all these presidential ca- and governors' offices and senators' offices yeah. and mayors' offices. It kind of trickles all the way down to local too. So. Yeah, but for us, it's like okay, we have to be more aware of these things. When you see something like this, you have to say to yourself, "This is funny." But it's also sad because that's really happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's the message yeah, there. Yeah. Like, it's funny, but it's sad. Yeah, right, right. Because it's, like, so mind-blowing that it's actually happening in our it's lives. It's kind of like the sad clown syndrome where, like, yeah. the clown's crying but in- internally but out- externally is putting on the clown. You know, there's that theory with comedy yeah. and things like that. Yeah, it's covering something up. POTUS, or behind every great dumbass are seven women trying to keep him alive, is playing at the Schubert Theater for all, I think, a few a couple more months, maybe? I think it's closing in midsummer sometime. So you have a few more weeks to go see it. Um, definitely check it out. It was really, really great. We really loved it. Yeah. So. And we're getting ready to sign off now, so we hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode. Make sure you go follow us at Half Hour Podcast on Instagram. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, at Half Hour Podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. And we only have a few more shows before There's the Tonys. A few more shows before the Tonys, exactly. So make sure you're listening to some of our episodes, getting us ready for the big Tony Awards. Yeah, maybe we need to do a Tony... Um, maybe we need to do a Tony uh, recap episode. A Tony recap yeah, episode yeah. and a Tony... Um, predictions? Predictions, oh. submissions from like our fans. Oh, yeah. What do you think is going to win? There's lots of people. <laughs> There's a lot of snubs this year. There's a lot of... Uh, a lot of people getting nominated. So, and we still got a few more shows to check out. So yeah. come back and listen next time. So getting ready to sign off for now. Until next time, I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Saying ta-ta. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 